If you're sick of the mainstream sports outlets, well, so was I. So I started my own show. I'm Shane Larson, and this is the Game Time Guru. It's different than other talk shows. I'm providing a panoramic view on sports so you can see them through a different lens. So buckle up and let's go. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome out to the Game Time Guru podcast. You know me, I'm Shane Larson, your host, and this week we've got an awesome guest, as always, coming onto the show to share their story with us. So it's 2019, it's January, which means everybody's getting ready to you know, hit those fitness goals, try to lose some weight, or put on some muscle. Well, I thought it would be an amazing time, great timing, to bring on a professional bodybuilder to the show. So we're going to be talking to this professional bodybuilder, Rob Smith. He's going to talk about his days in the bodybuilding world, the preparation, and the, and the time and the effort that it takes to get to his level, as well as his days playing rugby. So we're going to learn about that. It's going to be an awesome show today. Now, before we get started with the interview, I want to remind you guys that we're trying to do as many video podcasts as we possibly can. So this interview was done on video, and you can watch these live on Facebook when they come out there um, if you want to go to my Facebook page. So make sure to go check it out, hit up Facebook, type in the Game Time Guru, and go find it. So this video recording was done live uh, when we did it. So you can watch the video version and the audio version of the podcast. So we're trying to do that. You guys asked and you, you said, you know, a lot of you wanted to see some video as well as the audio. And I wanted to make sure that I try to make some of those changes in 2019. Big things are coming for the podcast. Let me know if you want some merchandise, some sweatshirts, hoodies, whatever you want, a beanie, hat, t-shirts, uh, whatever you want to do to represent the Game Time Guru. If you guys know of any influencer opportunities, like you've got some some friends or family on Instagram that I don't know uh, that might be interested in repping some of my clothing and we want to talk and collab, let me know. Um, I'm happy to you know speak with anybody. I'm open to any any kind of uh, opportunities that we can, you know, we can make. And I'm open to building relationships with other people in regards to, to business. So I appreciate everybody who's tuned in for the episodes, um, been with me from the beginning. But if you're new, I'm grateful for you being here and listening to the podcast. I try to make this a little bit more unique in the sense of I'm not just going to be doing sports recaps and everything like that. I like to let people share their stories uh, with us the people from the the sports world that have stories that they can share and motivate others. And, and it's, it's just an opportunity. It's a platform for people to share their journeys. So before we get started with the interview, though, I do want to do a little bit of a sports recap, though, just really briefly talk about the NFL playoffs. The Cowboys have you. They are moving on to the next round. So they're actually going to be playing tomorrow against the LA Rams. And I'm going to be honest with you. This is my, this is my 100% honest thoughts. I think that's the best option we could have had. I did not want to go back to New Orleans and play the Saints. I did not want to face them, uh, the rematch in the playoffs in New Orleans, their first playoff game of the year in New Orleans. Like it would have, it would have been a very tough match for us. So I think that we match up better with LA than we do with New Orleans, to be honest with you, even though we beat them. Um, this is not a Thursday night game in the regular season. This is a playoff game in New Orleans. So I'm grateful that we got to, to face the Rams. I don't know how that matchup's going to go. But, you know, in the playoffs, it's just one game at a time. And literally this year, anybody can take it. And that's what's so exciting about these playoffs is that anyone in the playoffs right now in the NFL can actually win the Super Bowl. And that's what's awesome. The AFC is exciting. We've got new teams in the NFC that are coming through. The Eagles got hot at the right time. Uh, Nick Foles, let's talk about that for a second. Nick Foles, have you, comes in again, fills in for Carson Wentz, and now they, they make it into the playoffs. What a story. You know, last year he did the same thing, pushed him to a playoff, uh, sorry, a Super Bowl victory. And then this year he's at least got him in there in contention. I mean, they won a game against the Bears. They didn't play 100%, but they, they got it done. 
and now they're going to go try to take on New Orleans. I mean, the Eagles are hot. Props to Nick Foles. Uh, but this is, this is exciting. These playoffs are exciting. It, I love the NFL playoffs. I'm kind of sad about football almost being over, though. It is a little bit of a depressing time for me, although basketball will pick up, and that's good. But uh, college football playoff talk real quick. Alabama getting destroyed by Clemson. Can we talk about that for a second? Destroyed by Clemson. But if you look at the stat sheet, I just I, I was trying to talk to people about this. Alabama did not play as bad as the, the stats were, were showing. In fact, Alabama was marching on Clemson the whole first quarter. They get, they already had over 200 yards in the first quarter of offense. And they were marching, marching, marching. But where the where the game turned was that first possession of the third sorry, the second quarter where Clemson made a goal line stand. So Alabama marched all the way down the field on them once again, got all the way to the goal line, and Clemson ended up making a stand, and they had to kick a field goal, and that's where they got to their 16 points. When they kicked that field goal rather than getting into the end zone, that's where the game completely changed. And I even thought Alabama held their own on defense for quite a while. Like They would get Clemson into some third and longs, and then Clemson would make the big play. What a great game. Love seeing Alabama go down. Not only go down, but get spanked. Uh, But I do think we need to make some changes for the college football playoff. How we're going to do that exactly, I don't know. If you go and follow Twitter, I made a post about this on the eight-team playoff structure and the the goods and the bads. I'm curious to see what you guys think about an eight-team playoff structure and what that would do if we expand it because there's a lot of things that people don't take into consideration when we're talking about an expansion. That is the amount of blowouts that could potentially be in there, uh, the teams that will still get left out, the difficult decisions that will still happen. And not only that, but the bowl games that, I mean, we've already seen how the bowl games have completely lost, everyone's lost interest in them and they don't have as much impact and everything, how those are going to be impacted, like these smaller bowls. So like these schools that are not in the top eight, how's that going to impact them? Uh, who's bowl eligible? We're going to have to make some changes there. My pro- my proposal, stop making six and six teams bowl eligible. Make the bowl eligibility at least eight wins so that you're watching teams that have winning records, okay? Not like these 500 teams. Make the teams that have at least eight wins go into a bowl game because then you have something to play for because you have a winning record. Uh, eight wins is a pretty good goal for me. I think that would be better. Shorten the amount of bowl games and make the bowl eligibility eight wins rather than six. That's how you fix that problem. That's my opinions on that. I just wanted to share those with you um, and talk a little bit about the NFL playoffs. But now moving forward, this is kind of how I'm going to do the, the, the structure of the show. I'm going to kind of talk a little bit about sports at the beginning, give you my rundown because I want to to you know implement my knowledge of sports and my passion for sports a little bit as well and then allow other people to share their stories with us so i'm i'm giving you guys a little bit about you know you know five to ten minutes of my own my own time to kind of speak about my thoughts on the sports process and from time to time i might bring on some guests just to do a quick five minute blurb with me and do a quick interview talking about sports and then i'll get into the interview that's what we're doing today though we're going to bring on rob smith now guys rob like i said in the introduction uh Everyday Beast is his show on on YouTube. It's a bodybuilding.com series, Everyday Beast. Go check it out. I met Rob. He's a video editor over at bodybuilding.com. Really talented guy. Didn't know the dude actually played rugby. So I thought that was crazy. I just always thought he was a bodybuilder, which is also really cool. Um, I've seen the hard work that he's put in. I've watched him train, and I had the opportunity to, you know, sit down and talk with him. So I hope you guys enjoy this because you get to hear a bodybuilder talk about their experience you know, going from the amateurs, getting their pro card, what they had to do, the the hard work and determination facing, you know, you have to face failure, you know, the subjectivity, the the judging from those judges and the, how it's all subjective. Um, you have to face that a lot. And we get to see what he did and how he pushed back past, you know, those obstacles, those barriers to get to the next level. 
and take his his bodybuilding game to the next level. And we also get to hear about how bodybuilding and the preparation and such kind of goes along hand in hand with what he does for rugby. And, and it's really cool to hear how those two sports um, actually have a lot in common. So I hope you guys enjoy the interview. Check it out. Make sure to follow me on all my social platforms. If you want to see this video, you got to go to, to Facebook and follow my page, The Game Time Guru. Check it out. Make sure you let me know if you want some merchandise. Um, talk to any influencers or people that you know that would be willing to represent my merchandise. Um, any hoodies or anything like that, and we can collab. Let them know. Hit me up on social, and uh, hope you guys enjoy the interview. All right. What's going on, everybody? Welcome out to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. I'm your host, Shane Larson. And as you guys know, we're trying to do a couple of these video feeds as well as audio. So you guys, you know, I did a poll a couple weeks back. I asked you guys if you like video um, audio or both. And I had a lot of people asking for video. So we're trying to implement that a little bit more. So I've got Rob Smith joining me today. So Rob, thanks for joining the Game Time Guru podcast. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, man. This is <laughs> awesome. Um, it's been a long time coming because, you know, I, I've, I've known Rob for, for quite a while. I, I worked with him at bodybuilding.com. Didn't work directly with him, obviously, but I saw you all over the place. And so um, finally, we're able to get you on here. And I'm excited about it because one, we're going to be talking about bodybuilding and we're also going to be talking about rugby. I didn't even know you were a rugby, you know, player until what a couple months ago, maybe uh, almost a year ago actually now, but uh, you told me that and then I found that out. I was like, "Yes." So yeah. I'm excited to do that um and and hear both sides of those. So first though, so people can get an idea of of what who you are and what you do. Uh Rob, so in in your day job, mm-hmm. what do you do for bodybuilding.com? All right, so for bodybuilding.com, I'm a video editor. So anything content related that comes across from workouts, nutrition videos, motivation videos. Also host a series called Everyday Beats, which is food and nutrition, and it also pairs it with a workout. So it's kind of a new span on some fitness content where you get a kind of some diet advice, you get a workout advice, and then you can take that and go build off of it. So uh, I'm a content guy. I love that. So every day, so where can we find that at? Because that's where I actually, I just found that out, but I want the rest of the listeners to be able to find that uh, out too. Yeah. So you can pretty much, you can Google everyday beast and that it'll pop up, but you go to YouTube, you could, you go to the bodybuilding.com website on, or sorry, the bodybuilding.com page on YouTube and all the episodes are there. And also if you go to the bodybuilding.com web page, uh, you can find the everyday beast episodes there as well. Solid. Okay. So everybody make sure you guys to go do that. Check it out. All those places that you just mentioned, go check that out. It's freaking sick. Um, one of the things I noticed Rob is, is when I was still working at bodybuilding.com, um, at that, at that location, the, the headquarters of bodybuilding.com, there's a gym in the facility, right? So there's a gym there. And I remember watching you one day, like you were walking on a treadmill with 10 pound weights in your hand and it was an <laughs> incline. And I don't know if you even remember doing that, but it's like one of your cardio things you were doing I don't yeah, know, yeah, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, dude, I was watching <laughs> you do that. And I was like, ah, What's the point of that? I, I just didn't realize if that was like really hard or not. Let me tell you something, guys. Like I decided I was like, I'm going to hold 10 pound weights and walk for 20 minutes on an incline, like a steep incline. I did it at Axiom, which is another gym here locally. And it was so hard, dude. I was like, yeah, I don't have, I don't have the strength like you do, man. I, I saw you doing that one day. I was like, oh, I'm going to try that out. It's not as yeah. easy as it looks. <laughs> it's definitely not as no, easy. Oh, man. Um, um, yeah, that's, no, my bad. That's, what's, that's just one of the tricks, man. It's just like, you know, you know, but like a lot of guys like say, I want to put a uh, weight vest on or I want to get a backpack and throw some weights in it. I didn't have that. And this for me, it's just like, I right, grab the weights, man, just add a little bit to the cardio. I think when you like uh, get ready for a bodybuilding show, um, you're doing cardio so much. And then after two weeks, you need to like add an element to it or you need to kind of change it up so it can still be effective. Um, so for me, it's like, all right, fine, let's grab some weights. We'll do 20 minutes with that. We'll do 20 minutes without it. And then we finish the last 20 minutes with weights in our 
weights in my hand. So it's just a little bit of a little bit of extra resistance, a little bit just throwing me off my balance a little bit, making my body work and just not used to it. Okay, I got you. So it's kind of like you, you take your your everyday job, you're you're a content creator, you're a video creator, like you do all this stuff, you're creative. And you kind of make yeah. that you, you make it creative in the gym as well. Now, Rob, how long have you been body like in the sport of bodybuilding for? When did you realize you start wanted to start lifting weights and actually competing in this sport? Man, uh, I think I did my first bodybuilding show back in had to be 2014, 2013. So um, it was kind of, it was kind of random. You know, I had been playing rugby in New York for a little bit and I got, I didn't get tired of rugby, but I was like, all right, I need, I need something to kind of change up the pace. And I was trying to get a little bit bigger. So I got in the gym a lot and this month was like, oh, we should do a bodybuilding show. So it was like, all right, I'll try it out. Got on this, I got on the stage the first time I was around like 176. I think I played sixth out of seven guys so okay, <laughs> it was like, okay. you know it was, um, it was a natural show in new york city man and it was it was just that was the, that was like the click and i was like oh man this is what i want to do for a while you know i like that and you, you weighed at 176 is that what you just yeah. said okay uh-huh. can, you, can you tell the listeners how tall you are just so they have an idea of 176 for your body type i'm six two so, you know, <laughs> that's, that's string being pretty much, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so. Okay. So yeah, I just, that's why I wanted to say that. Cause 176 for your, for your height is, is pretty small. It's pretty lean, pretty smaller. Yeah. yeah. Than, you know, yeah, yeah. Athletic man, straight up. So how much weight have you put on since 2012, 2013, that time frame up until now, do you think? And I moved to Boise in t- January of 2015. And, uh, by the January of next year, I was, uh, probably like 210, then add another year to that, and I was in, my, in the 220 range. So I've been chasing like 230 for like the past two years, but um, I've put on at least what's that? If I move to Boise at like 176, 180, it's 20, it's 40 pounds, man. So, man. and that's not 40 pounds like my 40 pounds. See, you go back four <laughs> years ago, I was 40 pounds lighter. We just joked about that this week. I was 40 pounds lighter four years ago, and I was much more athletic than I am now. Uh, yeah, yeah mine's a bad way. Yours is rock solid muscle. So, this is what I kind of want to talk about is like the the consistency that it requires to get that weight put on and, and what goes into your mindset and the training. So let's start here. Uh, when you had a goal, you started one, wanting to compete and you wanted to, you know, put the time in the gym. When did you realize that you had to take it serious and what kind of training does it require to actually consistently go at it and be able to build that muscle? Because not everybody can actually put on that weight so easily. It's a tough thing to do to put on yeah. healthy weight. Uh, what, how did you change your mindset and how did you, you know, start structuring your, your training for your workouts? Yeah. So I guess the, the the biggest thing is probably mindset and that has to be in place first. And for me, it was kind of like, um, I just, I was, in, I was living in New York. I had, I was working for a PR company and, uh, I wasn't really enjoying that work as much anymore. So I had left and I had started doing some freelance work and I kind of started saying like, all right, you know, I'm playing rugby. I'm starting to go to the gym a little more. What can I do to like make this, you know, make me some coin yard like how can I make how can I turn this into or like where I'm building something and uh, I just it started to click but then you know New York is hustle and bustle you know what I'm saying and like everything is more expensive there and the amount of food you have to eat to grow is crazy so it's like all right so if you're gonna be lifting weights all day you gotta kind of you know Trent use us to to grow into another industry so I started doing content for like the fitness industry started working for men's fitness and other um brands like and doing doing little creative projects and it was just like all right you got to grind and if you're going to do this work in this industry you got to look the part so everything kind of came together from there and it was just like man i was working two or three jobs doing freelance work and i was training in the middle of the night or i was training early in the morning and it was just like i wanted it 
And you don't have a choice when you're living in a city like that. Either you're going to make the money and do it, or you're going to like get washed out. And getting washed out wasn't the oper- you know, wasn't a choice for me at that point. Um, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're putting the hustle all, all the way back from New York, man. You're just like, you're going, you're, you made a decision, you went at it and you had yeah. a choice to, you had to go all in. Cause some people they'll, they'll dibble, they'll, they'll, they'll dabble, oh, into certain, yeah. but yeah. they don't go all in, especially with bodybuilding. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about is like, especially in this industry, the fitness industry that you're in, they'll dabble and they don't, they don't dedicate themselves hundred percent. You'll see that in the results, right? The, the competition, yeah. then they'll see their competition. They'll be like, okay, yeah, that person definitely worked harder than me. Um, yeah. Did you ever have an aha moment though? Like when you said you finished sixth out of seventh in your first com- competition, was that like an aha moment for you that you needed to work harder? Or what was your aha moment in this sport to get you to that next level, that next push? I think the aha moment for me in bodybuilding was, so I did the first show and I took a year off and I was kind of, I was kind of bummed at my place in the first show, you know, I'm like, oh, you go out there, you think you're going to win, you're going to be number one and you get sixth place. You're like, oh man, it sucks. But you, you know, I drained myself. I, I dieted kind of wrong. I trained like super hard. I was in the gym maybe three hours a day at that point. And it was like to come to walk away with that sixth place place win was like, oh man, you know, it's, it's kind of it was a it was a blow to the ego. But then I moved to Boise, January 2015, and I did a show. Uh, I did an, I, did, I did another natural show. It was uh, in the spring, and then I, I worked hard for that. I, I, you know, I dieted, I trained and I was in the, I was in their environment. But the thing was that show, I came in tighter. I came in better. You know what I'm saying? So a little experience, I was able to dial in a little bit more. And so that was the aha moment. It was like, oh, you know what? Fine. You're, you're, that was your first show. This is your second show. Now you learned a little bit and you can go a little bit harder. And then the third show I did, it was like maybe like four weeks later and I came in better for that. And so now you got a little bit of momentum going. Now you realize that, oh, what I thought was my best really isn't my best. And you're pushing yourself to a whole nother level. And it's like now six shows later and get my pro card in L.A. And it was like, oh, this is the best that I've been. But it's even a stage better that you can be, you know. So it's like that's that's that aha moment when you go back. So you get up from that failure and you go back and you're like, oh, you know what? Maybe I didn't work as hard as I thought I did, but it's a little bit further I can push myself. So absolutely. That's so sick, man. Um, one of the things you're talking about is like you, sometimes you have to like, it's a mental grind. I know a lot of people who are in this bodybuilding sport and they're competing. Um, they might lose and, and then you see it set them back. Whereas it sounds like for you, it actually pushed you forward. It was like, okay. Cause the next time you came in a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. I can push forward, push forward. But one of the things that uh, a lot of bodybuilders will argue about, or I guess it's one of the, I wouldn't say argue, but they'll, they'll, they'll mention this is kind of like the the part of the sport is you're battling yourself obviously because you're trying to get better like you were talking about but you're also battling the judges and there's a lot of subjectivity to the judging depending on the different uh the different events that you do um talk about that a little bit and how you battle both of those things um fighting for yourself and getting better to improve and then also having to impress the judges at the same time how do you balance that in your mind yeah so i think that it's like um I, I, the my last couple shows, the last my last couple shows that I've done, I've told myself that you can't let anybody. Not say so you can't let anybody beat you, but you got to do your best. So even if somebody beats you with a bad decision or something like that, you know you did your best. You know what I'm saying? Nobody can take that away from you. And I tell people all the time, like nobody can take the work away from you. If you fail, you fall. You don't hit that mark that somebody says is you know it's a subjective line, and you don't hit that. Nobody can take the hours you put in. Nobody can take the food you ate. Nobody can take the gains you made. Nobody can take that away. Like I can, I can go broke tomorrow, but I will still walk with this physique. 
no matter what level is in my bank account, you know? So some, nobody can take that away. So if you have that mindset and you walk off stage first place or 10th place, you shouldn't feel bad. Yeah, you can be a little bit disappointed, but you can't feel bad because you know the effort you put in. And that's where, that's my mindset straight up from like, that's from like the last couple of shows. It's like, it, it doesn't matter if I work my best. Um, you can't, you can't take that uh, vibe from me, you know? I love that, man. I love it. And from the, the time that you got, you got your pro card, can you explain that process to the listeners who may not understand bodybuilding, like what it means to go from the amateur side to getting a pro card and what the difference is in what, like that whole sport, what's the difference between getting that and then going into your pro card? Yeah, this kind of bounces back to judging too. So I, uh, I competed in the, I competed in natural, natural shows for a while. And a lot of the judges were telling me that I was a little bit too big for the classes that I was competing in. So then I went to uh, the NPC where it's not a tested organization and I placed well in there, placed well in those organizations. And then it was like, it was still, you know, um, I could still do better. So I transferred over to the WBFF and there, you know, it was, it was a, it was a different, um, look at the physique it's also more like how streamlined and aesthetic you are but also how you look and how you present yourself is more into play with that and so pretty much starting on the amateur just starting from the bottom of the wbff i did a show and i came in and i was like you know i could have been maybe five pounds heavier when i did my first wbff show and to see the pictures afterwards and to realize that and it's like you can't blame the judge, judges if you can be better you know and so it's like, all right, fine, you know, take some time off, get back on it. And I came back and I, my second show with the WBFF, I got my pro card. It's because I, I, I did everything I could, you know, I was on the treadmill with the weights, you know, yeah. I was eating everything I could. So it was like, um, you, it's like fun. Judges are always going to be there. It's always going to be a critic in the room. But if you do the work, you know, your results are going to shine through eventually. And uh, you just got to work your way up. I think a lot of people look at people's physiques that have been training for maybe 10, 15 years. And they're like, oh, I want to be that next year. And it's like, you got to be realistic with yourself. You have to be real because it's like, if you care about your goals and you care about yourself, you got to have this um, level of self-awareness and be able to say, this is where I'm not. This is where I am. This is not where I am. But I can get there if I actually understand the process, educate myself and do the work to get there. Um, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing with a uh, bodybuilding, just staying in the game and keep getting back up, you know? Totally. Totally. And so with the pro card as well, then Rob, when now you got to that next level, let's answer this question for the, for the listeners are, do you get paid or is it just mainly a competition level? What's the difference between now your competition compared oh. to before? Yeah. So now uh, at the pro level, man, you are getting paid for the top five spots, I believe. Okay. Um, and then as you know, you pretty much compete with people from all over the world. You know, when you start out, you're competing with people from your hometown or from the next state over. But when you go to a pro show, it's people from all over the world. And it depends on the organization, but it's like you're meeting people and you're kind of like understanding like, and, and then you're backstage and you're talking about different training philosophies from, you know, guys from Asia or guys from, you know, Kuwait. And it's like, oh, this is what you do. This is how you fit these uh, nutrition requirements in your diet. And it's like, it's a whole different ball game just from the, the, the camaraderie, the people you meet, and, and also the judging is a lot tougher at that point. So crazy. How, yeah. how many shows have you had as a pro now with the pro card? Have you, have you had any yet since you I had one, I did one show in Vegas in August. It was a good, it was a good debut for me. I think I placed right outside the top 10. Um, but for me, it's like, I got to get a little bit bigger, you know, okay. uh, I came in around 204 for that show. So it's like, I need to be stepping on stage at 210, you know, to kind of hold my weight against some of those bigger guys and whatnot. So 
Okay. And if you're walking around roughly, you know, you're fluctuating to 30, it just all depends on, do you have to cut weight like a fighter would essentially right before the show? How much like, do you think your weight fluctuates right before your show? Man, what I've learned for me is like, I need to start, you know, I did, a, I've, I've done well with 10 week cuts. I did a 12 week cut for my uh, LA show. And I tried a 10 week cut for this August show. And it's like, for me, I think just being that I'm already naturally lean, I need to start maybe like 14 weeks, 12, 12 weeks at the latest, but 14, maybe 16. Next time I compete, it'll probably be like 16 to 14 weeks when I start cutting just to maintain the size and to go at it a little bit harder and heavier, you know, instead of trying to um, crash and fix things at the very end, you know? Totally. Totally. Now, one thing, Rob, you're, you're like I said earlier, you're, you got a little bit of rugby and a little bit of bodybuilding in there. A lot of bodybuilders, um, if they're former athletes, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people at my, you know, local gym. Um, they were athletes through high school, some of them through college. But then once the, the playing days were over, uh, they kind of went over to bodybuilding because it gave them something to still train for. Like they still train. It gives them some sort of satisfaction, you know, because it's something to, to do that's physical. Uh, but yeah. they usually give up on their sports because they don't want to hurt themselves. They don't want to damage their bodybuilding side now because, you know, you sprain yeah. an ankle in basketball, tear a knee in football, whatever it may be. That's why they stop playing because so they can, can they need to put all their folks in there. To my understanding, you still compete in rugby um, in the local club teams. Is that correct? Yeah. And, yeah. Okay. So, so you do that. Do you not have a fear? You know, I mean, I knock on wood, right? But like, is there knock ever that thing in the back of your head? Uh, for me, it's like, I'm, you know, we got one life to live, man. I and love that. Not, and if you're not doing it, you're not doing it, you know? So if you're going to, I'm not, in it, I'm not, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to break an arm, you're going to break an arm. You know, I rather, if I'm going to break my arm or like hurt myself, I'd rather hurt it doing something I, mean, I, mean, I enjoy doing. And that's running, knocking somebody out tossing the ball or you know so you know it's, it might sound like a silly answer but it's like hey man just go for it if yeah. it happens, i handle it then you know <laughs> i respect that i think that's awesome i think it's cool that you do but that's why i was surprised when you told me you were still playing rugby i was like oh okay because i just uh, just talked to a lot of people who gave up on the sport specifically for that reason i think it's awesome um, yeah so you so let's talk about the rugby side of things you train like and you play like what what's your position and how long have you been in rugby because you did mention you played in new york so how yeah. long has rugby been kind of like one of your passions man so i started playing i moved to new york in maybe 2011 i didn't know anybody i moved in with a friend from high school and he was literally the only person i knew in new york so i was like fine i need to go you know i need to get involved i need to meet some people in the city and i started playing football and i moved to new york in january so pretty much january january in new york is snow and yeah. so I was like, I'm from Georgia. I never ran in snow. So it took me like one time to like roll like an ankle and fall down playing like flag football. And I was like, no, I'm done with this. So I waited till the spring. I went out and I found a rugby club. And it was like, I was hooked from there. You know, it's like, dang, this is new. It's fun. It's fast paced. It's, you know, it's 80 minutes all out. You know, you're going for it. And it's like uh, the rugby culture is, um, is just amazing. And it's the international sport, so the community, you're meeting people from all over the place. And some of my best friends I've met, you know, through rugby. Um, and so I started that in, what, maybe 20, it was 2011. I played three seasons. And back then I was smaller, so I was like 170, 176. So I played on the wing, which is pretty much equi equivalent to a, uh, let's call it a wide receiver combo with a, uh, maybe a, maybe a safety in the NFL. Okay. So you're playing, you're playing offense and defense. It's a speed position, and it's pretty much the winger gets the ball, he's supposed to score, you know? So if it, if it makes it out that far to the wing, you need to be on your horses and scoring. 
Um, so fast forward to maybe two years, this is what, 2017 now? So 2019 now? So maybe 2017, I started playing with Snake River here in Boise. Okay. And it was like, at that point, I had gained 40 pounds. So I moved to the pack, which is the fourth pack, and I played lock, which is pretty much, you're talking about a linebacker. And, you know, typically locks, they're supposed to be powerful. But, you know, my speed from playing on the wing, I, it was like a double, you know, a double-edged sword. You know, I can get in and out or I can, like, stop somebody or I can break the line. So it's, it's, it's a totally different ball game. And I actually yeah. like playing lock better. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. wondering, I, I talked when I had a professional rugby player on the show, he's actually playing with the New York club now for the uh, MLR that just started. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's had now on the New York club. Yeah, so so he was playing for New Orleans uh, the first year. Now he just moved over to, to New York, so that's cool. It's gonna be their first season, I think. Um, but yeah, he played lock, and he was talking about it and everything. Mike, you would be nasty on the on the what do you call it a pitch, right? Like on the pitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh-huh. you'd be nasty because you're like, yeah, you got the speed and athleticism, and you can hit some of those guys that are big. You know, they're not as coordinated. Obviously, you have the experience in like a, a skill position, quote unquote. Um, that's insane. So you come over here to Snake River. I have a question for you, though. So Snake yeah. River Rugby Club, that's – for people who don't know, that's actually a re- – we have a really good rugby club there. Snake River's – they're pretty well known around the, you know, the northwest. Yeah. 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 So they're pretty well known. But across the country, not a lot of people know. But I want to know your opinion by playing in New York and, and playing here. I don't want you to down your team or anything, but I, I want honest thoughts. Like, what's the competition level over here compared to, you know, back east? Um. That's the best way to answer this. So New York, they play all three divisions, uh, D1, like true divisions, D1, D2, D3. Um, and it's a lot more teams. I think in New York City is probably, in metro areas, probably 100 different rugby teams. So, so to think about the Pacific Northwest, you maybe have 20 clubs, maybe. I'm not going to, don't, don't quote me on that, but you might have 20 clubs. So obviously the level of competition is a little bit, I'm not going to say lower, but it's just a different um it's a different structure how they they structure the unions, but I will say Snake River is one of the toughest teams, or is the toughest team. It's not even Snake River anymore. We're not combined to Boise United. Oh, okay, so okay. Boise used to have the Boise, uh, the Crimson Lions, the Nemesis, which is the ru- women's rugby team, and it has Snake River. So three different rugby teams here are all now the Boise United team. And this year, Boise United went undefeated in the fall. Snake River went undefeated in the fall last year. So it's just we're, we're pretty much the best team in the Pacific Northwest, the fastest, the strongest, the fittest. Um, so I think we could take on any team in New York or anywhere, you know, any at the same playing level or whatnot. All right, all right. So the challenge is out there. That's good. Get yeah, some publicity yeah. out there. Let's see. <laughs> so where do you guys play at? So you're here in, in the Valley here in Idaho. But where, So anybody who's not from here, where, where is this located in comparison? Is it in Boise? Is it outside of Boise? Like where, is, where do you guys play? Yeah, so we play on, at Willow Lane Sports Complex, which is um, right outside of Boise. But say, for instance, we're playing uh, a team in Bend, Oregon. We're traveling to Bend. We're traveling to Portland. We're traveling to Tacoma. So we're, we're all over the Pacific Northwest. Depends on, depends on who we're playing. Like, the, excuse me, the, the Tacoma Nomads, um, the Portland Orso, you know. So it's like we're, we're, we're everywhere, man. Do you guys have to fund it yourselves? Do you have sponsors? How does that work? The club pays for a little bit of some travel. You know, if we have some guys that might need some help. Um, me personally, I kind of did my own travel. Um, it was a good time for me and Jen to get out there and hang out and just see a different part of the country or whatnot. So, hey, you know, I'm, I'm new to the area too. So it was like, oh, that was another thing. It's like, how can I uh, travel a little bit more? So it's like, oh, this team's playing in Portland next week. 
you gonna go? Yeah, let's go. Let's make it happen. Let's rent a van. Let's make it happen. So that's dope, man. See, it's yeah. an opportunity to explore. That's what sports exactly. do. They can provide different opportunities for you, and then you get to go do that. Exactly. You're familiar with it. That's awesome. So the, my my other question for you, Rob. You got rugby. You got uh, bodybuilding. The the parallels between the two. Some people might not think they're at all similar, but I kind of mm. want to know your thoughts on it, like your training, your mentality. What are the parallels that you can find, like similar things between rugby and uh, bodybuilding, especially at the top levels, like you're used to, to competing at in both? Yeah, I think um, you know rugby is a very like it's a it's a um, it's a skill you know position sport. You know you have to you have to pass. You need to know the plays. You need to know the formations, and it's just one of those things you got to go at it every day to get better and to keep yourself sharp, you know, with your passing skills. Like me, it's like, what do you need to work on, Rob? Passing, you know, I got to work on my passing, you know. And bodybuilding the same way, you need you need to be in there every day. You can't skip a day in bodybuilding. Rugby, if you're passing every day, you're going to be able to pass that ball across the pitch, and that's just going to make you so much better. So it's, it's just, in any sport, any physical endeavor, you need to you need to have your body primed. I was actually listening to, to something today. And it was like, Michael Jordan was like, man, I practice. So when I get in a situation, I don't have to think about it. It's just instinctual, you know? So it's just like, if you are, a lot of guys in bodybuilding, they, they, they lift, then they flex, you know? And it's just like that. They already got the motion. They, they've been doing it for six weeks. So um, in bodybuilding, one of the biggest things is posing. So if you don't ever practice posing, when you get on the stage, you're going to be like, oh, how do I uh, make this look the best on myself? And it's just like, you know, the work, you know, it's, it's, as with anything, you got to put the work in. And so I just, just the level it takes, if you actually care about it, both sports, bodybuilding or rugby, you have to put that work in every day. So Totally. Do you have a specific bodybuilder that you look up to as far as like someone that you, you know, that, yeah, like a Michael Jordan in basketball? Do you have one of those that you look up to in, in the bodybuilding world? Mm, that's a good question, man. Let me think about that one. <laughs> You've been around the game for a while. I mean, you're working for bodybuilding.com. I just oh, man. That's, that's, I don't know. You know, I like Kai Green's motivation and men, mentality, you know, his mental game. Um, as far as physiques, you know, when I, when I, it's funny because when I wanted to become a pro, I uh, picked like five different guys. Sean Stafford. I wanted Sean Stafford's chest because he has a nice upper chest development. Then I wanted another guy's arms. So I put all five of those guys on my wall. And okay. I just knew what I wanted to mimic and to build a perfect or what I felt was the perfect body. And that's what I did. And I had, I put WBFF Pro above my door and I saw that every morning when I walked out the door to go to work. And it's like, that it came to repetition. It was like a little mini vision board. So Heck yeah, uh, Sean Stafford is the first one that he made. He, he was one of the guys that wanted, that made me want to compete with the WBFF. And then there's a lot of guys out there, but when it comes to mind, not, not being cliche, you know, like Arnold, Lee Haney, all those guys, I'll say as a modern bodybuilder, somebody that's doing it right now, that has a family, that has kids, that, you know, is living a whole life, I'll say Sean Stafford. Super dope, man. And yeah. Rob, how long do you, do you see yourself, like if you're looking into the future, you know, how long do you see yourself doing both of these, you know, competing in rugby and competing in bodybuilding at those top levels? How long would you like to do it and where can we see you in five years? Man. That's an interesting question. I think now, man, is for me, maybe one or two more bodybuilding shows, which would be in a year or two. I got to add some size on. Um, rugby, we're going to see. I got some stuff happening over the next year. So we're going to see when I can get back out there, maybe in the fall season. It's, it is true that you, you really can't be competitive um, on a bodybuilding stage and play rugby at the same time, only because rugby – all the nicks and the bangs you get, you can't, you miss training days. So it's like, when I say, all right, I'm going to get ready for a show, rugby is kind of out the picture for at least six, seven months, you know, while I'm prepping for that. 
Um, but, you know, who knows, man? I will get back on stage again. Maybe it'd be like 30. I'm 32 now, so it'd probably be 33, 34. So. Okay, okay. <laughs> All right, give us, to, to wrap this up, give us your best, you know, uh, I guess, recovery technique. So when it, whether you're playing rugby or whether you're bodybuilding, what's the best, like you, you get a crazy training session and what's your best form of recovery? Is it, do you do ice baths? Do you, do you just eat? Do you just chill and watch Netflix? What do you do? Yeah. Nutrition is key, man. You get a good meal, get some rest, and I say get on the treadmill. Like you play a rugby game, get on the treadmill. You play a football game, get on the treadmill. You know, whatever you do physical, make sure you get on the treadmill, work it out, walk it out, do what you got to do. But number one is going to be how you refill, your, refill yourself and get, you know, rest and whatnot. So make sure you get some greens, get some good protein sources, and uh, get some carbs in there, man, some fat, you know, make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love yeah. it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, this is Rob Smith. Rob, I appreciate you joining us today and, uh, you know, sharing your story through bodybuilding and rugby. Is there any other things you'd like to share with us before we, we bounce out? Hey, man, just stay, stay with it. You know, uh, you have to stay with it. You got to go back at it every time you fall down. I know it's cliche. People say it all the time, but listen, it's that simple. It's as simple as just getting up every morning and doing it. And you know, you got to put, you get, give yourself three years. You know, I would say I want to do it in six months, give yourself three years. And then I guarantee you, you will, you'll come back to this podcast. You'll come back to this, these words and be like, you know what? He said three years, three years. I got it. And I got more than that. So just keep getting back at it and doing it every day. That's pretty much uh, what it boils down to. I love it, man. I hope you guys are listening to this and, and taking these words in. And for all the listeners out there, you know the drill. Make sure you're checking us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the platforms. Go subscribe to the show on iTunes and every other podcast platform you can. You know the drill. We'll be back at you next week. Hey. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support. 